This is Dom Bettinelli, the CEO of SQPN, with a brief but very important message. For more than a decade, SQPN has produced the Catholic faith and pop culture podcasts that you love. We're a nonprofit organization, so it's only your generosity that lets us carry out our mission. We haven't run a fundraiser in two years, and that's why we need to ask for your help right now. Please make a pledge of whatever amount you can afford to help us continue providing your favorite podcasts, as well as exciting new ones we have planned. To make your pledge and find out about the free thank you gifts we'd like to send you, visit sqpn.com slash give. That's sqpn.com slash give. Thank you for your generosity. May we hear from you today? You're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, episode number 101. All of this is new to you and new can be scary. When people need help, I never refuse. There's this moment when you're sure you're about to die, and then you're born. I know exactly who I am. I'm the doctor. Ta-da! Ooh. She'll be fine. Hi, I'm Don Bettinelli, and you're listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who, where we discuss everything about the hit BBC series, Doctor Who. Uh, including whether I should say 101 or 101. We can talk about that later. Uh, Let's not. (laughs) But today we're discussing (laughs) the newest episode, The Witch Finders. And joining me today on the panel are Jimmy Aiken. Hi, Jimmy. Howdy, Dom. And Father Corey Stika. Hi, Father Corey. How's it going? Great. So uh, right off the bat, folks, remember to like Secrets of Doctor Who on on our Facebook page. Retweet the shows on Twitter, leave us comments, subscribe in iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, tune in your favorite podcast app or YouTube, where if you subscribe there, hit the bell to make sure that you get notifications whenever we post a new episode. And above all, share the podcast with your friends to help us grow our community and reach more listeners. Now, folks, as you receive this, this is Monday. Uh, We're recording this and releasing it on Monday, January 26th, 2018. And uh, tomorrow is uh, the Tuesday after Thanksgiving, which has become one of those new holidays uh, after Black Friday, Cyber Monday. It is Giving Tuesday. And that means that uh, we are entering the season of giving, which is Christmas time. And uh, we are, uh, as you know, running our giving campaign in which we seek your support to continue our work, bringing you these uh, podcasts, which explore the intersection of faith and pop culture. And certainly today we're going to be exploring uh, the intersection of faith and uh, uh, Dr. Who. Yes, that pop culture, this Dr. Who episode. Uh, But if you want to continue to hear not just the secrets of Dr. Who, but all of the shows that we do and to support them, because uh, frankly, we're reaching lots of lots of people with it, with this. And we've heard over the years, the past decade, people say, I wasn't even uh, a Christian when I started listening to your podcasts. Uh, but w- I started listening because they were they were interesting uh, all on their own without having to be, uh, you know, shove it down your throat, the, the, the Christian faith. And it got to be curious and interested. And I, I explored more. And I started listening to some of your other podcasts. And there's some of those people who are now uh, Catholic today. Uh, and, and and so what we're doing is I mean, it's, we're, it's not just a secret campaign to evangelize the unevangelized. It's we really do enjoy talking about this stuff. But we but we also do it with a mission, which is to reach people with, with you know, discussion of that is is wholesome, that's it's enlightening, that's educational, informative and fun. I think we have a lot of fun. 
So and it will and it will show them that uh, that people of faith can can be interested in culture and fun and mm-hmm. uh, can have interesting insights and hopefully that may open some doors. Exactly. So if you want to continue, if you want to support what we're doing and help us continue what we're doing, uh, we really ask you. We're we're begging you, in fact, to support us by going to sqpn.com/give. Uh, we're more than a month into our uh, giving campaign for this year, and to be quite honest, it's not going as as well as I'd hoped. Um, we're falling short of our goals, and uh, you know we've still got you know a, a month left uh, in this. We're going to the end of the year, uh, and we really would love to have your support. If you are thinking about uh, supporting SQPN, please don't wait. Please do it <laughs> right away. Help us to to in, be, ensure that we're going to be able to continue to do this. Uh, well into the new year, all these great podcasts, not just Doctor Who, The Secrets yeah. of Star Trek, Jimmy Akin's Mysterious World, and other podcasts that we're developing right now, new podcasts that you're going to love. So, And even if you're not listening to this on Giving Tuesday, even if you're listening to it later, or and even if you're listening after the Giving Campaign, you can still support SQPN. We still need your assistance because we won't be able to continue producing all the podcasts we are if we're not able to meet our goals. So we've already had mm-hmm. to cut back and we'll have to cut back further if we don't reach our goals. So please do go to sqpn.com slash give and become one of our regular monthly Patreon supporters. We have some special thank yous that we'd like to send you for your support. Uh, but it is really important that we hear from you either on Giving Tuesday or in the near future. Yep. Mm-hmm. And uh, I got a, a little uh, extra I want to add bring up at the end because so, i want to get right into this episode now but uh, an, uh another way that you can help us without uh, having to spend an extra dollar that you weren't already going to stay tuned for that episode. but first spoiler spoiler warning amazon smile <laughs> exactly <laughs> <laughs> um so uh but there is some news uh, uh in, in addition to today's episode there is some doctor who news some very interesting news and a number of you uh, listeners sent it in uh, to us uh, via email and Facebook and various other ways. And we re- greatly appreciate you sending that to us. Uh, but it's the big news that Tom Baker, the fourth doctor, is has written a Doctor Who novel that's about to come out. Um, Jimmy, what do you know about this? It, it was a, a movie that he had proposed. A, right. a, a story, a script, a script proposal that he made. That uh, never got made, but now he's turned it into a into a book. What, what do you know about it? Yeah. So um, over the years and, you know, even back during Tom Baker's day, there was a desire to bring Doctor Who to the big screen. And in recent years, that's actually happened with some crossover kind of big event things like the Day of the Doctor and so forth. Um, but there was there was a desire to try to do a movie in the past and it surfaced in various forms over the years, Tom Baker uh, was one of the people who pitched a proposal for it, and it didn't get made. Um, one version of it was like called Doctor Who in the Dark Dimension. This version is, and the title of the novel is The Scratch Man, and <laughs> it's set during the Fourth Doctor's time, as you would expect from being written by Tom Baker. It also features his companion Sarah Jane Smith and Harry Sullivan. So it's actually set during his first season as the Doctor because Harry didn't. Uh, it was a very good companion, but got written out fairly quickly. And in the series, 
uh, in the novel, um, Doctor Who is confronted by a new villain known as the Scratch Man. And if you're familiar with some older British slang, scratch is or Mm -hmm. old scratch is a term for the devil. And so this is another version of uh, Doctor Who versus the devil, which is ironic, given the episode (laughs) we're going to be talking about today. Exactly. That's right. As I've heard this, uh, the story of this novel described as kind of bonkers, uh, yeah. including a a a a grand scene, um, climactic scene with Harry and the Doctor <laughs> and Sarah Jane trapped on a giant cosmic pinball machine. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's uh, that's kind of wild. Uh, so uh, we'll we'll look For, forward to forget that. Playing, forget playing chess against the devil. You'll play the uh, <laughs> pinball. play pinball against him. Or well, you, know, you know, Bill and Ted would did like Battleship with death. So. Right, yep. and and uh, the devil did go down to Georgia and play the violin with Charlie Daniels. So, um, this is supposed. When is it coming out? Uh, in January. January. Yeah. So, and there's going to be an audio book read by Tom Baker. Yeah. How could you? Uh, how could you not get that version? I mean, come on. Yeah, I know, right? The, the doctor is back. Um, the, yeah, but for many of us, he is the doctor. So, uh, good. <laughs> All right, excellent. So that uh, brings us into today's episode, which. Uh, Features the 13th Doctor, played by Jodie Whittaker, and the usual companions visiting 17th century Lancashire in England. Now, I have to say right off the bat that it's, I'm kind of surprised at the timing of the, the release of this episode that they, they chose to have this uh, late in November as opposed to at Halloween. I mean, it just seems like yeah. a natural Halloween mm-hmm. show. But they, uh, they run into uh, witchcraft trials, witchcraft hysteria. And um, anyway, even even though they're in the 17th century, they're aiming for the 16th because right. they're hoping to go to the coronation of Elizabeth the first, which is interesting, given that the doctor has already met Elizabeth the first more than once and even married her. Exactly. Yep. And not that uh, not all that long ago. I mean, it was only the 10th doctor and, and, and it was the five years ago in the day of the doctor uh, and almost exactly yeah. five years ago. Actually, when you think about it. It was. It uh, was. Uh, yeah, it was fifty. It was the fifty-fifth anniversary. Passing. Uh, um. So they're they're trying to get to the coronation. The end. They the the TARDIS. She she makes an interesting remark at the beginning that the TARDIS is still acting up. So the TARDIS has been acting up all season. Uh, if you if you recall, and so mm-hmm. the TARDIS is. And I wonder if this is a. Um, I mean, I don't think I'm not going to say it's an arc, but if this is leading up be. to something. Uh, it could be the very first thing the TARDIS did was abandon her and run away. Yes. yes. Yeah. And so there there could be, even though it's easily possible to dismiss this as just normal TARDIS acting up, which it did for years and years. And this is kind of a return to form um, for the show. It also could be they're building up to something. Right. By uh, the way, speaking of building up to something, I saw a recent proposal. Um, forgive me, this is a little off topic, but. Uh, I saw a recent proposal where someone was putting together some clues that indicate something may be up with the doctor's health, because in a couple of recent episodes, the doctor has had health scans. This occurred both in the Saranga conundrum and in Kerblam. She's run mm. through a body scanner in both cases. And in the first case, um, she turns to the doctor. He He looks at her scan and says, that doesn't make any sense. And he she then uh, confronts him later and says in the hallway and says, you saw something on my scan and it frightened you. And he says, no. And she says, bad liar. 
And that's what discusses mm -hmm. or initiates the discussion of him being a bad liar. And then in Kerblam, uh, the head of organics, uh, you know, runs her through the medical scanner, notices that she's got two hearts, which she immediately explains one is is like an, an implant. And then even though she's turned off the medical scanner, the corporate official keeps going back to it and is like trying to call up her medical record again to look at it even and 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 would have if it wasn't for the fact they were then interrupted and so i another little thing that might be building is maybe something with the doctor's health interesting yeah well and it's and it and of course they were on that hospital ship in the first place because they were injured and maybe it's a continuation of that Maybe. Yeah, it, it's it's possible. Interesting. Yeah. Something to keep an eye on as we uh, as we the last uh, few episodes of this building to something. Uh, so they they get to this village, uh, which they file find out is named Bilehurst Crag, which is a, a great old yeah. name. Bile. <laughs> I mean, it just bears so much. Uh, oh, every syllable like of that is great, bad. That sounds like a great, you know, place to go visit, you know, the Bahamas <laughs> and Jamaica and Bilehurst Craig. And yeah. They just roll up, you know. Don't be a real like estate agent. kind of place. <laughs> yeah. Don't be a real yeah. estate agent. Bilehurst Craig. You'll never sell a thing. Anyway, uh, which yeah. it, eventually <laughs> doesn't matter because it's, uh, we'll find out uh, at the end that it's uh, wiped from the map. But uh, we encounter this uh, woman, Mistress Savage, um, who... Is some, obvious trait name you're right yeah yeah and it but it's a very odd uh she she seems to be like a lady of the manor but is not addressed using an arist aristocratic title so there's a she's yeah she's apparently a commoner who married up right so she doesn't can she, even though she maintains the manor and the you know she inherits everything she doesn't get a title or something i guess i don't know uh, maybe, maybe it's a nuance of the uh british aristocracy i, I don't know um, by, the, by the way, I like the fact. So one of the things that we've noted in recent episodes is the degree of complexity that they mm -hmm. do or don't build in to the villains. Mm -hmm. um, in Rosa, we had very flat, unimaginative, one dimensional villains in mm -hmm. um, in uh, the um, more recent Demons of the Punjab. We got a much more complex and satisfying texturing of society with good and bad mm -hmm. intermingled. And that continues here. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that and I was kind of concerned about this episode because, you know, knowing that it's going to deal with witch finding and witch hunts, you know, in the in medieval Europe or not medieval, but in older times in Europe, um, it would be very easy for this episode to just veer into Christian bashing. Right. Right. And and it didn't. And it also, although it did touch on gender issues in a way that I'm sure we'll comment on and that I mm -hmm. found very, very well done. Um, it uh, it helps keep from coming across as too one sided by having the lead witch hunter, especially initially, be a woman. Right. Because it would have if, if that gender had been flipped, you would have the standard patriarchy oppressing women mm -hmm. in the form of witches narrative. And by having the initial head witch finder be a woman, you sub, you avoid that and give a more complex picture. Because the fact is, loads of women at the time were opposed to witches and thought right. that they their community was dealing with witches. Right. 
Okay, uh, that's a good that's a good uh, introduction to it. Um, and we'll deal with the uh, the elements of what uh, of the things coming up as we go along. I think that's that's a good way to to begin. Um, uh, I, I might not have the same approach to some of the the way they mm-hmm. handled some of that you did, too, but uh, <laughs> uh, or the the same uh, assessment of how well they did it. But we'll we'll talk about it, and I might change my mind. That's that's uh, as I often do when when I talk to to you both. <laughs> Sometimes, mm-hmm. oh, you know what, it was better than that, or that was much worse. But anyway, so let's get into it. Um, the doctor says something right off the bat, which is, um, you know, we're we're in this place. So don't interfere with it. She says, don't interfere with the fundamental fabric of history, even if something's not right. Um, yeah, which she then immediately does. Right. Which is kind of, which is kind of funny because we know that the doctor has done that. Well, yeah, I was going to say there's it's about what the second or third time this season that she's made that kind of little speech and not five minutes later has immediately broken it. Yeah. And in fact, I think Graham actually remarks on it at the time, doesn't he? Yeah, the, the so that is something that kind of has to be there in I mean, not necessarily in this episode, but it has to be there in some form or another on a regular basis to explain why the doctor is not constantly rewriting history. Right. Mm-hmm. And and the but the doctor needs the freedom to make some changes, at least in individuals yeah. lives. And so that explains the don't interfere with the fundamental fabric of history you can make changes around the edges but don't try to do anything big but then notice what how she sets up that line she she tells the companions on trips into the past don't interfere with the fundamental fabric of history and that just struck me as odd because from the doctor's perspective the past and the future are the same right i i guess i can rationalize that by saying well she's speaking from the companion's perspective um but but you from know, her perspective, could, why does it matter? Like what the exactly past, right? So yeah, it's very it's a it's a good point. Um, so they they get to this this uh, witch trial that Mister Savage is having of this uh, this poor granny, uh, the Willa's granny here, and uh, who who can't hold her breath for beans. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> I, I'm and I'm sorry, but if you're going to be doing a witch trial, uh, if the I, Monty Python is is right at the top of my mind. Yeah. Oh yeah, that, that, <laughs> I mean, you know that, she's well, a witch. That was so much the Monty Python. It's like if if she floats, she's a witch. Yeah. Well, let's let's the, talk about this whole the 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 dunking stool thing, this phenomenon, because this is one of the areas where they got it completely way off base. That this is not what was done okay for for one thing a a dunking stool was not used to to dunk people until they were dead to prove they were weren't witches i mean that doesn't even make any sense if you if you yeah. drown you're innocent i mean come on yeah and, and notice how righteous her community is there have been 36 innocent people so far because they all drowned <laughs> right exactly. <laughs> exactly so a dunking stool was a was a punishment intended for women for variety of pun a variety of offenses um, they were they were not meant to be fatal punishments, uh, capital punishment, but things like you know backbiting and be, a, a angry uh, words and got, being a gossip monger and, and things like that, where yeah. they would have dunking or even just sit in a chair like a like a uh, nicer version of the stocks, sort of like right. to just expose them to the community. Yeah, um, I was going to mention the stocks as another example of kind of public humiliation as punishment which right. is common in lots of societies that and other forms mm-hmm. of corporal punishment this kind of blends the humiliation with the corporal aspect because right. being dunked is physically uncomfortable but even today i mean you go to you go to singapore you commit certain crimes and you'll get a caning right yep 
Now, the, I th- my guess is they wanted a dunking stool because they needed this tree to be part of the the story um, mm. somehow. But what what with the actual thing that, that that happened during trials sometimes not every trial was this was witches were what they called it they witches were swam meaning their right thumb was tied to the big toe of their left foot. I, don't ask me why that was. I, I don't know the, the exact details. I, and then she was everybody sitting there going, okay, how do you do that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Basically, it's very, it like makes it very awkward and uncomfortable. Then they were thrown into to the water to see if they floated. If they didn't float, they weren't witches and were retrieved before drowning. This is the key thing. They were not mm-hmm. drowned to prove their innocence. <laughs> um, if, they, if they did float, well, they were pulled out of the water and... and as yeah, because I mean, the water did not receive them, therefore they must be unwholesome. Right, the waters of baptism have rejected the, their their body. That sort of thing. Um, so your best bet was to just, you know, I suppose endure it, blow say, all the air out of your lungs, <laughs> go right to the bottom. Yeah. <laughs> Again, Monty Python. What floats? <laughs> Rocks. Yeah. <laughs> well, very Churches. small ones. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so I, my wife and I were watching that. See, I lived in uh, Salem, Mass. For, oh, for yeah. a decade. And so I know something about finding witches. Yes, it's very quite familiar to me. Um and, and there's there are other aspects of, of this that I want to bring up as well, but um and we'll get into that. But the but the whole like drowning the witch to prove her innocence, I just the thing that bothers me about it is, is it perpetuates this idea that people from the past were stupid and ignorant right. mm-hmm. and and that they didn't like that that they would believe that um, you prove someone's innocence by killing them, which is not, I mean, it's such a, a post-enlightenment chronological snobbery, I think. Mm-hmm. We see this in a lot of other, a lot of other uh, well, er, legends of history that aren't, were never true. Um, and that just kind of yeah. bugged me that they, that they kind of did it this way, that they, you could have done this another way that, that didn't make it, people right. of, of the past were stupid. Sort of thing. Well, and it's a lot of times when you have these situations where they make them sound stupid, the truth of what happened was actually far more um, compassionate than some people today are. Exactly. I mean, you know, you hear, you know, uh, the biggest one I could think of was the Spanish Inquisition. I mean, that's that's right. kind of the big, big example. Again, speaking of Monty Python, but uh, <laughs> yeah. the, 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 the church in the Spanish Inquisition was actually more compassionate and just than the civil authorities were, but yet the church gets the blame. Right. Exactly. Right. In fa- Things in, like that. In, in fact, the Dominicans being canon lawyers, it was like, okay, you say this person sacrificed a baby. Where's the corpse? Where's the evidence? Right. Yeah. They would. Yeah, right. They, the, if, if people had a choice, they chose the church inquisition over the civil inquisition every day. In fact, we have records of people committing blasphemy in civil courts specifically so they could get their cases transferred to the church courts. So uh, it's a bit of bit of a tangent, but yes. Uh, but I mean, it's, but it's that same idea, though. It's that, the same idea, you know, though, right? You know, they wouldn't have the the real trials were not good, but they also weren't this level of evil, right? And th- right. this and this is sort of over the top. So, mm-hmm. you know, what the uh, the doctor tries to save the the uh, Willa's granny, and it d- doesn't. She she like you said, Jimmy. She barely can't hold her breath for more than ten seconds. And uh, she she dies. And you know, you, in order to really kill somebody, you not only would you have them run out of breath, which would take at least two minutes, they'd need to be brain dead for at least five minutes. Right. And the and doctor would know that, that and be able to revive yeah. her. Yeah. Um, the doctor confronts Mistress Savage and 
shows her the witch, the 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 psychic paper, which uh, on it says that she's the Witchfinder General, uh, which is a really great twist. I like that. Yeah, mm-hmm. that is going to be. I love the as much as the psychic paper can be a bit of a Deus Ex Machina uh, uh, all purpose tool, like the like the uh, like the Sonic, like the Sonic yeah. can be. It it also it can be a nice element of uh, uh, unexpected or a little bit of chaotic element in the story. Because even the doctor doesn't know what it's going to say and has to right. kind of improvise with whatever it does, which we yeah, see again kind of later. Fun where, where she shows it and then, oh, it does? Yes, of course it does. <laughs> you know, it looks at it it's like, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. For people who are new to the show, the psychic paper is something the doctor shows people as a kind of identity card. And it shows the person whatever identity the doctor needs to have in this situation yep based on the understanding of the person looking at the psychic paper. So the doctors just come in here and asserted authority over witches. And so um, Miss Savage sees it as, oh, you're a witchfinder general. But yep. then when King James comes in later, he's too prejudiced against women. And so she gets a demotion to like a witchfinder's assistant <laughs> right. because he can't think yeah. of a woman as the witchfinder general. Right, exactly. And there are a few and times you, where where she's encountered uh, the doctors encountered people who, for whatever reason, their insight is too great, and the paper is just blank to them. And uh, yeah, well, one thing in the the Sonic paper is a new who invention. Psychic we didn't psychic see that paper. until right. Yeah, it started. There's psychic paper. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. My my favorite uh, misfire with the with the psychic paper is in a Christmas Carol where Matt Smith's crazy zany doctor is trying to pass himself off as a as a licensed responsible adult babysitter <laughs> and the psychic paper just blows out and cannot present him as a responsible adult. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> so uh the we we find out that um like we said Mr. Savage is the landowner of Bilehurst Crag. Um and they bring up the, this weird tangent point. I'm not sure what the point was like that why are you walking oh because horses are creatures of Satan and have had them all killed. I'm not sure. Really? That seemed kind of random. Like, is you was sprinkled them with lo- holy water. Yeah. Look, looking, looking back at the episode, though, I think it kind of gave a, the first subtle hint of that there was more to Mistress Savage than it appears. Mm-hmm. That maybe she can't ride the horse because the horse the horses horse know who she was. Right. Hmm. Horses are spooked by the other presence within her. Possible. Right. Spoilers at the end, but yeah. Well, I mean, we assume <laughs> everyone know, has watched the episode. I know. So I know. I'm just... Graham brings up something which I had to then look up, which is he goes, "I've done the Pendle, the Pendle Witch Walking Trail, the Pendle Hill Witch Walking Trail, and Bilehurst Crag wasn't on it." And so I looked it up, and so the Pendle, the trials of the Pendle witches in 1612, are among the most famous witch trials in English history, and some of the best recorded of the 17th century. So that's right in this time period. There was a witchcraft mm-hmm. hysteria that, that they're in. Um, and in fact, there were 12 people in that area who were accused of being witches in, the, in this Lancashire Pendle Hill area and um, were charged with the murders of, of 10 people by the use of witchcraft. Now, so that's that's the, the real world historical context. And in mm-hmm. this, 35 people in this little town have been killed as witches by Mistress Savage, yeah. as who, as we know, uh, by the end, is doing this to cover up her own issues. I mean, it just yeah. makes it horrific. 
Yeah, although we get a, li- I mean, and and we'll talk about this as we get further into the episode. But it's not just she's not being completely manip- manipulative here. She does believe there are witches. She's just trying to cover up the fact that she's also been infected. But she does right. think there's a real threat here that she's dealing with. Okay. Okay. So uh, you're right. There is. Uh, she's doing. She's witch finding not just as a cover up, but because she of. She's trying to atone, I think, like you say, right. for for being possessed. Well, and things. she's 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 sincere in being completely wrong, but she is sincere in it. It's not right. just um, malicious, right? Okay, that's a good point. Um, so the- speaking speaking of sincerity, we get a nice bit of exchange back in the manor where um, uh, where. Mr. Savage or Becca, as I believe they her first name is, yep, yep. Uh, quotes from Deuteronomy in the King James version of the Bible: "Thou shalt not suffer a witch to live," uh, which means you shall not allow a witch to live. And mm-hmm. this is this is kind of a mistranslation because in Hebrew it isn't a witch; it's a consulter of the dead, a necromancer. Um, but it is how it got translated in the King James Bible, and she mentions that as King James said in his recent Bible. So that tells us this is after 1611. Yes. Um, or at least after the release of the Old Testament, uh, which I, I think was the 1611 edition. I think the New Testament was re- released earlier. Um, the Also, he wasn't the personal right. translator that's of a good, it. That's an no. important point. Um, he authorized it. He authorized it for use in the churches. But, um, but it it does bring up a point that you know this text is one that uh christians in england were dealing with at this time it is right there in the bible thou shalt not suffer a witch to live in the translation they're looking at and what do you do with that you know it's it's understandable if people's holy text says something like this they're likely to take it seriously and try mm-hmm. to implement it now the doctor then points out oh there's a twist in the sequel meaning the new testament Love thy neighbor. And indeed, there is a different uh, approach taken to uh, a bunch of issues in the New Testament compared to the Old Testament. The Old Testament was dealing at a diff- with a different stage in God's revelation, with a different culture that was locked into one, you know, uh, area they were trying to run the nation, a, a nation, whereas Christianity is international. Christianity mm-hmm. is not burdened with running a nation and defending it the way that Old Testament Israel was. And so there are some notable differences. And we're also dealing with a later stage of revelation in the New Testament that involves a fuller revelation of God's will. But because there's that balance of, you know, what do we do with this older revelation? How do we square it with the newer revelation? You're going to get different approaches by different people. Mm-hmm. And so some people in sincerity would say, well, the way to harmonize these is loving your neighbor by not allowing a witch to live. Yeah, because that's the loving thing. Others would say, no, it it means something else. Um, There there is this whole uh, mention of the King of King James's Bible, um, also uh, known as the authorized version, which that fact that he authorized it. is, in the Church of England, this is, by the yeah. way, not a Catholic translation. Yes, very, very good no. distinction. Um, uh, it's all sort of a bit of a precursor to what's about to happen, which is this this fellow has been lurking about in a mask and then shows up in the manor and reveals himself to be King James, who yeah. apparently travels alone or with his protector 
but without the court, hunting witches, which actually yeah, turns out why. Yeah. <laughs> King James did write a book called Demonology, which the doctor finds on uh, Becca's nightstand. And mm-hmm. he was obsessed with the hunting of witches. So that that is actually yeah. that part is actually historical. I, I don't think he actually uh, snuck about his kingdom personally no. hunting them down. Uh, I think he he. He was involved in some in in hunting witches at one point, but apparently that was before he actually became king. Right. And by by this point in his life story, he'd actually become more skeptical of claims about witches. Right. And um, so he was not the witch obsessed person after at this point in his reign or at this point in his life that he had been earlier. So Uh, that's a little non-historical. And I, I, I do like, I did like the way uh, this, um, this actor played the role. Uh, I, I don't know. There's something about how it was. It was very. It was quite funny. I just felt like he was, mm-hmm. was uh, amusing. But I also liked the fact how, for some reason, he he really became like enamored of Ryan. And oh, I, there's, yeah. th- you know what they're doing there, right? What's that? Oh, well, so the King James, according to various sources, preferred the company of handsome young men. Ah. And there is it has been argued that he was either gay or bisexual, but it's also not clear that that's the case. And so it's somewhat ambiguous. And that's why. In this episode, they they have him behave this way towards Ryan and also have references to drama and actors Mm -hmm. and act a little fabulous, um, but without coming across and clearly establishing that he's gay or bi or something. So this is this is them reflecting the ambiguity that exists around the memory of King James. Because he he was married to a woman and did have children. So, I mean, there, there, there had to be something there, but again, <laughs> yes, without, yeah, without getting too many but details, it, but I did find like Ryan, like being uncomfortable with it, the attention, but also sort of ended up like finding a way to use that attention to redirect the King. I, I did kind of like that, uh, that, that, that bit of it. I, I feel like Ryan had a, more of a role than he's had apart from dealing with his absent dad or his uh his physical uh issues i i like that that mm-hmm. it sort of developed ryan's character a little more i, I did like yeah. ryan's look when when the king called him nubian prince he just kind of like <laughs> what <laughs> that was that was good um uh, uh, some more of that over the top ridiculousness this whole it, um, it, it, at least king james didn't think yaz was a mexican <laughs> right, right. Exactly. We, did, we, we were saved from that. Only Southerners would do that. Um, <laughs> so, but uh, the king you know, has the over-the-top statement, we shall save the souls of all my people, even if it means killing them all. And I'm just like, oh, it's just so over-the-top ridiculous. Like, people, yeah. that that's not really how people would be about... Uh, I mean, it's just... It's so hyperbolic. That's going past zeal into, you know, megalomania. Right. It just doesn't make it. Yeah. It's just not. I don't know. It just it seems too much. Uh, anyway, um, the doctor uh, flat out says she doesn't believe in Satan, despite the fact that she ran into him. Uh, well, once. <laughs> she says not a big believer in Satan. And that is right. a problem, given that she's like faced off with the devil 
you know, at least twice and right. really and more than that now that Scratchman is coming out. <laughs> right. Um so that's that line I needed revision. Yes. Um then we have uh, uh Willa's grandmother who is the the potion lady of the village. Um who, who apparently imparted the wisdom there's enough wonder in nature without making things up uh which i guess meant she was a 17th century peasant atheist was that was that mm-hmm. a thing i, I just I don't, I don't know what she was yeah See, i just felt like that was kind of the yeah the religion versus science vibe kind of going there where right what what i wondered because they initial initially show willa doing this ritual um you know, over her grandmother's grave and it's, it's infused with nature imagery in the yep. words that she's saying. I thought this was going to be like, okay, these guys are crypto pagans. They really are witches. Right. Um, yeah. Or at least pagans. And it didn't turn out to be that way, which I'm glad it didn't, but I think that was largely misdirection on the part of the writer. Um, there's a number of layers of misdirection in this, including the idea that the whole village is going to be wiped out because after Graham says, this isn't on the walking list. Um, right. It, we then get multiple indications that, oh, we're going to maybe kill everybody here. And it turns out they don't do that, mm-hmm. but that's part of the misdirection. Right. Um, so what we get are uh, aliens in the mud, which it turns mm-hmm. out to be yeah. uh, the end. We'll, 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 you know, we'll find out about the Morax later on, but, uh, but we, you know, they, they manifest themselves as uh, mud tentacles uh, that, First, try to take Willa, but then when they don't succeed, they take over the bodies of the dead and reanimate them. So we have mud alien zombies. And the mud zombies are really creepy. Yeah, I thought they were effectively creepy. Yes. Mud alien zombie witches. So uh, we so and now we get what we've kind of expected to see to, that would come up more often or at least it would happen sometime this season. The doctor goes off on if I were a guy. In in, yep. in reaction to K- King James uh, saying, you know, you couldn't possibly be the Witchfinder General, you must be the Witchfinder Assistant. Um, she kind of goes off on this whole: if I were a guy, this wouldn't happen. Thing. If I were still a guy, if I were still, still a guy, guy yeah, right. Um, yeah, so we knew this was coming. I mean, before Jodie Whittaker's first season even aired, I mean, I think we talked about it before. Mm-hmm. How is the Doctor going? Being a woman. How is she going to deal with historical situations where women did not have the kind of social role that women do now? And right. uh, we always knew that was going to be an issue. This is the first time we've really confronted it. Um, mm-hmm. It may have come up in small ways before, but this is the first time it's been put squarely on the table. And I thought they handled it OK. Yeah. Um, the the doctor adapts to the situation she's in. She's not happy about it, but she adapts because she realizes I'm not going to be able to claim the chief witchfinder role uh, from King James. He's not going to support me in that. So I just need to deal and get on with business. And she does. She complains about it a little bit. She talks about being patronized to death as a woman in this age. But um, but fundamentally, she she doesn't get in King James's face and make a big feminist speech, which is not what would be helpful to the people she's trying to save in this situation. And so I thought she, I I thought this was reasonable. I thought, you know, if I were in another time or, you Mm -hmm. know, on another planet where my gender was um, 
not allowed to do a role <clears throat> that um, that I previously was accustomed to doing, I would have to say, okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna deal with this. I'm not gonna try to fight a whole culture or make right. a big stink if I have a task I need to perform here. And you'll was, we'll, was, we'll talk more about that when we talk about Star Trek: The Next Generation's Angel One <laughs> in Secrets oh, of Star yeah. Trek. <laughs> Go ahead, Father Corey. But it, you know, it was interesting though. You know, you compare how King James treated the Doctor, obviously appearing as a younger woman, and Becca Savage, right? Who was a little more mature. Mm-hmm. You know, at least you know, it was because it, he treated her with much more respect, right? Than he did the Doctor. That's true. And maybe part of that was just because the Doctor, being the Doctor, kind of took more authority than he was willing to give her. Right. She already looked, you know, probably to him clownish in her modern clothes. And she looks clownish to a lot of moderns. In his <laughs> clothes. Yeah. So there's a little bit of Mork for Mork thing going on there. We probably talked about that before. Um, at, at some point, obviously, we knew the doctor would eventually be accused of witchcraft, given she carries around a wand and she does and I'm impossible so glad things. that they that they pointed out because the sonic screwdriver dramatically in its plot function is a magic wand. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And, and to have that explicitly pointed out, they totally needed to do that. And I'm so glad they did. So King, the, the King, they keep calling him King James as if like, he's like, like LeBron James. Like they, I mean, they, they use that as a <laughs> moniker as opposed to title and name. Like you wouldn't right. refer like, Hey, King James, you'd say your highness or something like that. But yeah. So the Majesty. King, yeah. Yeah. The King, um, at one point says the, the uh, in relation to her name, the doctor, your Dr. D, the necromancer. Oh, that was. That what was, is that? OK, so John <laughs> D was a necromancer. He was an occultist who was also an advisor to Queen Elizabeth the first. OK. And mm. and and this was just I, I thought this was a bad point in the dialogue because um, Willa says that the doctor is hasn't told us her name. She's just the doctor. <clears throat> and King James has this amazing leap like Dr. D, the necromancer. And it's like, I'm sorry, you're going to know lots of people called doctor. You're not immediately going to think of John D. <laughs> right. Right. Uh, it's a, the, it's almost like the screenwriter is pulling out all the bits of his research and throwing it into, yeah, <laughs> into the script. Her. Yes. Um, yes. I'm sorry. Her, uh, she, uh, and, at, we we have this interesting moment where Willa does, out of fear, turn on the Doctor and the companions, uh, and it and it comes back later as the Doctor kind of mentions it, but it goes by quick. But I think it's an important point, which is it illustrates the the effect of witchcraft hysteria, which is people be, once you start accusing someone of witchcraft or whatever. Other people who are afraid of being falsely accused themselves are mm -hmm. are likely to mm -hmm. want to point the finger somewhere else to change the change the focus. Not me. Huh? How about them? Go after that guy mm -hmm. over there. Uh, and, and it creates this. And that's what creates the hysteria is 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 the fear that it creates in people and the, and the uh, desire to implicate someone else in the, in the in whatever it is that's being accused of. And I thought that was a really a. a for this script, a subtle point to make. Mm -hmm. Well, it's, it's kind of a parallel of what Becca is doing herself, where yes. she's covering for what's happening to her by pointing at everybody else. 
Right. Mm-hmm. You know, this is it's quite analogous to like I, I mentioned, I lived in Salem for 10 years and I became somewhat familiar with uh, the the cases there. And it, it reminds me of that, you know, what Becca did is very similar in some ways to what happened in Salem, which is that I keep using the preposition, which but, but I don't want it to be confusing. But in Salem, what happened was a young woman accused an older Irish woman of of witchcraft, of using a spell on her when she got caught doing something she shouldn't ought to have been doing. And mm-hmm. she said, oh, I was bewitched by so-and-so. She mumbles in a, in a, in a, in a ancient language and is casting <laughs> spells on me. Well, it turns out this poor Irish woman was saying her prayers in Latin. She was a Catholic. And that's well, us, why us she was accused of witchcraft. Horrible, horrible Catholics who, you know, we bewitch people by speaking <laughs> that foreign tongue. Right. Uh, good wife. Saying the Our Father. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then once that happened, they said, well, who else is a witch? And then they started looking around and and then they started pointing the fingers and then other people mm-hmm. got accused. Uh, and, and hey, if you if you want to get rid of somebody, a, a witchcraft yeah. hysteria is a nice way to get rid of someone for something completely well, unrelated. And then it just well, you hear stories. You hear stories of that yeah. happening where someone crosses another person. Oh, it must be a witch. Right. And uh, Jimmy, you mentioned like you uh, like you. I I. I thought we would eventually get to finding out that somebody's a Wiccan or pagan or, you know, Wiccans are a modern invention, but like a, a, mm-hmm. a pagan of some sort. And we'd get all into that, which we didn't. Yeah. But it was. And, what, and, and that's good because in in the despite some claims of some neo-pagans. Right. You know, there were not pagans in England at this time. What there were. And I think that's ultimately what Willa and her grandmother were, were people who practiced folk magic. Um, mm-hmm. They would be people who were Christian in their faith, but they had folk magic practices that they would do for healing and things like that. Right. Well, but and honestly, I mean, let's be let's be honest. That sort of thing still happens in many places, uh, you know, around that there are there are right. Christians who effectively practice a sort of superstitious folk magic related to. Well, I mean, let's I mean, a burying a statue upside down in your yard to sell your house is a kind of folk magic. Um, yeah. That's well, and like here in California, you know, we have the I, I'm blanking on the term for them in, in Spanish. But, you know, there are these uh, shops that sell folk magic herbs. Right. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, for people to use. And you see, you'll see. You'll and, see and other... I'm not talking about pot. <laughs> yeah, that, those are other shops. <laughs> yes. You know, but you'll see uh, certain places where they they'll take Christian images like the saints and religious mm-hmm. objects and things like that. But it is more of a. Um, paganistic type of religion. Right. You see some of that yeah. too in some places. Which, so the, which then gets condemned by the church with things like yeah. uh, Santa Muerte. Yes. Right. Saint Death. Right. Or the, Holy Death. The, from Santeria or Voodoo. And in Salem today, you, you have actually a lot of people who are Wiccans, practicing Wiccans, who claim to be um, you know, the, the uh, spiritual descendants of the original witches, which I think is a is uh not correct i mean it, it does them at the, those those poor innocents of the past uh disservice yeah. to, to to lump them in uh, so but one of the things i want to point out and i think it's sort of a public service message is witchcraft is not something to mess with the doctor sort of dismisses it as uh just hysteria but you know and and this that satan could be acting is as hysteria but one of the things that's something that's important to put as you don't want to mess with and in fact the, the church teaches don't you mm-hmm. don't mess with the occult. Don't mess with spells. Um, one of the uh, parish, my parish, co-parishioners at the church I went to, the Catholic church I went to in Salem, was a former witch. She had 
been a witch and had left that life and repented of it. And she said, you know, she didn't get into details, but she said she saw and did things that would curl your hair and you know make mm-hmm. your hair fall out. I mean, it would really uh, scare you because there is a malevolent spiritual being called the devil who who hates us. Yeah. And uh and it and it's active and uh and so you know, don't mess with it. it, it there there is there is something out there. Now, I'm not saying we need to kill witches. It's a stupid thing, but um that I just want to kind of mention that here at this point as opportunity. Well, it's 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 something that you should not even open the door to, you know, people right. kind of laugh about, Oh, like the Ouija board. Oh, that's just a game. No, it's not. <laughs> it's it not. really isn't. Um, Which used to be the, made in Salem, by the way, there was a uh, Parker really? plant in Salem. Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> um, but you know, there's, there's all that kind of stuff, you know, tarot cards being used to tell the future and stuff like that. That's all gateways to get into this stuff, to right. get into this danger. So to pull back to the episode, yes. Um, I I wanted to comment on the fact that I really like that we get scenes of where we're explicitly invited to be sympathetic, both for King James and mm-hmm. for Becca Savage. Yes. Um, we get the nice scene where Ryan asks King James about why is he so mistrustful of people, mm-hmm. and he lays out his life history, and it's like. Wow, uh, that really would lead you to be mistrustful of people. And you get a sense. Except for. I'm sorry, except it gets the history wrong, but but I'll let you finish your thought. Sorry. A a bit. But on the dramatic level, it's this is giving us sympathy for a guy who they could have portrayed as just a flat villain. Yes. And, And we get the same thing for Becca Savage. Um, She talks about how terrified she is and how she's been trying to resist this thing. And yeah, she's done things she shouldn't have in 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 that, including at least one deliberate uh, murder, um, right. because because the the healer she turned to knew that she was infected. And she says that's why she killed her. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, but she's genuinely terrified. She's also not a flat villain. And when right. the mud finally takes her over, it's like, wow, that's horrifying. Right. Yeah. Um, so I, I like the fact we got sympathy and that they made these characters significantly more two dimensional than uh, than they otherwise could have. The The point I was going to make about the King James's backstory is, um, you know, he's mad, but he's mistrustful of his mother because she abandoned him. She didn't exactly abandon him. She was his mother was Mary, Queen of Scots. She right. was forced mm-hmm. to abdicate and made to leave like but for political purposes. Like she didn't. She also didn't kill his father. His father died uh, from an explosion, not from beheading. As he, uh, but there was an explosion, and at the time they thought he was strangled. Uh, but modern forensics um, points out that uh, the 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 symptoms or the 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 evidence uh, on the body after an explosion can often look like strangulation. Yeah, but mm. not that we could expect people in King James's right. day to to understand that. But right, he wasn't exactly. killed by his he wasn't killed by his mother and he wasn't beheaded. And so I don't know. I mean, I'm not <laughs> sure why. The thing is, I'm not sure why they want the, the, the writer wanted to say this a historical little bit about King James. It just it seemed odd to make to, to change yeah. the history. I mean, it could have just been bad research. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I suppose. I mean, it's you can make lots, it a sympathetic lots of figure. Pe- lots yeah. of people get Mary, Queen of Scots and Mary Tudor confused. Right. 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 Uh, 
So we had, well, that's true. That's a good point. Um, although maybe less so in the BBC's home territory, but maybe, maybe so. Cause uh, you, you'd hope, you'd hope not, but <laughs> right. So um, the, in the moment when the doctor is, uh, she's tied up waiting to be tortured uh, as a witch uh, that she's confronted by King James. And she goes through this whole thing with him about um, if you want to know the mysteries of the universe, then start with the secrets of the heart, which I don't know. I'm not sure how I feel about that. It seems it seems like it's supposed to be deep, but is is it really? And this is one of those anger leads to hate. Hate leads to fear. <laughs> fear leads to something else. Suffering. Things. It's not really as profound as it's meant to be. I, I yeah. was expecting either to have, you know, yeah, the, you know come to the dark side or, <laughs> you know, or the, the theme song from Star Trek Enterprise to start up. Yeah. I, I, some of the speechifying in this episode was uh, a, a little rote. Yes. Um, the, I, I did like, though, some of the, you know, some of the dialogue I thought was very well done. Like in this sequence, at one point, the doctor accuses uh, King James of hiding behind a title, namely the word king. Right. And he mm-hmm. totally throws that back at her. Oh, yes. like you with the title doctor. <laughs> and that was a like, good one. oh, score one for King James. That was good. <laughs> yeah. uh, what was the Latin phrase that was on his, what was it on his boot or something like that? Uh, you happen to remember y- that? Yeah. Oh, I don't remember exactly what it was, but it was to the effect of, um, it was is it, this is a paraphrase this is a very loose paraphrase but it was something to the effect of to the pure all things are pure okay um so we we finally we get to this resolution we build up to this resolution the 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 mud zombie alien which is are you know have shambled their way to uh, the doctor's dunking and uh you know confront becca and uh we have this um Turns out they're a race called the Morax, right. and they've they've been imprisoned under this hill for war crimes they apparently committed off planet. Yeah, and apparently, from what the doctor says, they've been here for billions of years, and the tree that Becca chopped down and that is now the dunking stool was what was keeping them trapped. So mm-hmm. this is this is where the episode really went off track for me. Um, yeah, this whole from here to the end. Um, so first, I'm to believe that the lady of the manor went out. She had, there was a tree that was ruining her view. So she went out herself by yeah. herself yeah. to Didn't cut down the, the tree. Do it. Right. I, 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 that, I'm, I'm not sure. What, like, how, how are we supposed to believe that? It just Well, it, it wasn't like this was a little sapling or, you know, a couple year old tree that I mean, that was a easily 10, 12 foot wide tree and she had that wide but it was wide diameter might have been 10 foot but certainly it was about four four feet across or something i mean it was a big tree but she had a little hand she little hand axe yeah like yeah that's not gonna work and then and then we have yet another alien imprisoned somewhere on earth so we have a dragon in the moon spider people in the middle of the planet and now we have the Morax and Pendle. I mean, I'm sure there are others from oh, the history of Doctor got, Who. We've got the Silurians, you the, know, down in right. their tunnels that re- repeatedly. Yeah, there's lots of things trapped on Earth. I mean, I mean at least, we're basically Tacron Galtos. We're a well, prison planet. So the Silurians actually, uh, you know, at least originated here. But but yeah. I just feel like it's such an unoriginal idea. I mean, it's so done. I mean, I mean, it, I know well, 55 so, years. It, you, you have to recycle some things, but. So is alien invasion. At least they're trying to not have us being freshly invaded. I guess. I guess. But like, who put them there? Why here? It, I don't know. It, it, 
it just it I, I had it I'm sitting there going where like where did these guys come from it was it was weird I don't know uh, so somebody buried this army in a hill that <laughs> are killing them and the tree is alien tech and apparently burning the alien tech makes anti morax smoke. Um, yeah, that, well, you know, it's like if you have, uh, if you, you know, go to a modern prison and you take one of the prison doors and break it apart and set fire to it, it'll, you know, poison the prisoners. Sure. <laughs> sure. Or, <laughs> it probably would, but. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's like the, the uh, magic smoke inside your computer. If you pour water on it and smoke comes out, you've released the magic smoke that lets the computer work. Uh, what yeah. what I yeah. hated even more is once they, you know, the, uh, I, they re-energize the security thing, the yes. tree's roots now, it's stumping its roots. And that doesn't just block the Morax King from coming out and presumably other Morax soldiers down mm -hmm. there. Um, it also sucks back into the ground every cell from the zombies who have been infected. Right. And it's like that. This is all just too tidy. This well, that, is this is yeah. this is this is a bad execution of a central failure point uh, resolution. Right. Well, and, you know, so I've chopped my MacBook in half. And so now I've plugged it back in the the remaining half of it, plugged it back in. And now it runs again. Like, no, like, how is like that doesn't make any sense that you've got like this half yeah. a tree alien <laughs> thing key and but then we have this very strange moment where the doctor is trying to save becca um you know mm -hmm. where uh and, and and suddenly here comes king james out of nowhere with the axe and slams with it into torch. the torch right i'm sorry the, the church that's right and blows her up and that's that and i'm like that's that yeah. that's that's really going to be the resolution I know what happened to the body. Why isn't there at least the human body here? Because it blew, it done blew up. <laughs> yeah, I know. Oh. blew into to, to a million bits and pieces. I guess, uh, but I don't know. It just that seemed like a very strange resolution. Like why didn't, why couldn't she be saved? And what was, I don't know. Well, it's so that so that the re, I mean the the reason on the writing level is it gives the doctor an excuse to be displeased with King James at the end. Right. Right. I suppose. Um, and as she's going off, she utters the uh, the immortal Arthur C. Clarke line of any sufficiently advanced technologies in yep. magic. Yep. That's that was clearly a Arthur Clarke reference. And off she goes into the TARDIS with everyone else. Uh, there, Ryan does have a nice goodbye with uh, with the king. Gives him back his little. Dad, I pendant thing. Yeah, <laughs> pendant thing. Um, so as you can tell. I I don't think this was you know in the the top half of the of the episodes of this season. I had I had too many problems, especially with the resolution. Um, mm. But but you guys, I you know might have had a different opinion. Any final thoughts on, I, on this, I, Jimmy? I, I I didn't think that it was. I certainly it was no kerblam. Yes. Um. It was. I was relieved. It was not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Uh. It did have flaws, and and the. I will probably like it less over time the more I think about the historical errors in it, because I, I'm of the view that if you're going to represent the past to people who don't know about the past, you need to represent it correctly. Right. If right. if you're going to deviate from what actually happened in history, it needs to be obvious. Otherwise, you're misinforming people about the past. Mm -hmm. And and so that will interfere with my 
with my thought about it, I suspect more over time. Having said that, I thought it was a tightly paced episode. Mm -hmm. I thought it moved along nicely. I thought I thought much of it worked. I liked the as I mentioned, the doctor's ability to work with um, the historical period in which she finds herself. I thought individual lines of dialogue uh, were very good. I liked the that the doctor at one point is talking, well, metaphorically, oh, I can't buy that, meaning I can't accept that. And King James turns to Mistress Becca and says, why does the lassie speak of commerce? Yeah. And and I thought that was nice. Um, there's a line that Yaz had that I think was meant to be funny, but the way the director shot it, it didn't come off that way. Um, at one point, uh, King James is referring to the zombies as witches. And Yaz says, seriously, not witches, bodies possessed by alien mud. <laughs> as, as if that's any more credible. <laughs> right, um, right. And, 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 and she didn't say it the way I just did, which would have brought out the humor. Um, or tried to anyway. Um, yeah, she just kind of said it matter of factly, like, yeah, really, no, this you're, you're, you're completely missing it. Yeah, yeah. Um, there's also some lines that I don't like. Uh, there's 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 one point where the doctor is talking about King James stirring up hate, and mm -hmm. that's just too modern a way to characterize it. Um, the there's also a line where Willa comes in towards the end and has this totally cliche line about there's more powerful people here than kings and queens. There's us. <laughs> and yeah, come on, you know. Uh, also, um, little minor note, uh, we have um, a misfire of Chekhov's pricker in this episode <laughs> because right. we have these two pricker devices introduced that are that if supposedly you prick a witch on their mark and it won't bleed. So obviously they're setting us up for something with that. Maybe yeah. the doctor, because the doctor doesn't have a heart in the normal place. Um, but there's that clearly we're being set. We not have ha actually have two prickers that were shown that are being wielded by uh, Mr. Savage and King James. Neither one of them plays a role in the plot. Right. Hmm. That is true. That is a, 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 a misfire. Uh, you know, one other thing that came up and I forgot to mention this was um, when Willa and the doctor and Yaz are, are, are chatting in their uh, in, in Willa's cottage. There's this strange uh, conversation. I did. I didn't get it, the point of it where Willa talks about being sad and Yaz like, but oh, I was sad for a while, too. And oh, yeah. how did you cure yourself? And and it was I didn't. And it was just this. Were they talking about depression? I mean, there was yes. just. But it was depression so... and bullying, and yeah, yeah. yeah. Because was... Willis Willis says she feels really bad, and the doctor does a medical scan and says there's nothing medically wrong with you. And Yaz figures out you're afraid and depressed because of what's been going on. Okay, mm -hmm. it just seemed sort of an odd. Like uh, we've thrown that in there, but not, but then do nothing with that. Uh, yeah, uh, just it... I think it's meant to be character development and give us emotional insight on Willa and mm -hmm. the psychological dynamic of the situation, but. I think it doesn't work that well. Yeah, yeah. It it's sufficiently developed. Uh Father Corey, did you uh have any uh last thoughts on this? Uh you know, I I you know, I will say I'm kind of like with Jimmy that I the I did enjoy the episode more or less. Um it wasn't yeah, it wasn't 
It was kind of a different one, though. Um, it was funny. My folks were here visiting for Thanksgiving and uh, my dad and I watched this episode last night. And this is the first episode of the new doctor that he's gotten to see. And uh, so it was kind of a, a strange introduction to uh, doctor number 13. Um, but it was, you know, it was, yeah, <laughs> it was, he good. kind of shook his head. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Okay, so uh, let's uh, get some. We've had some listener feedback on our episode about Kerblam last time um, on Facebook. Joyce Militech says, um, I like the episode, but I don't like that the doctor still acting like she was just regenerated. By now, she should have all her past memories and quickness. Um, do you get the sense that she's still in regeneration madness and doesn't have? Um, I got the sense that Peter Capaldi was for like a season yeah. or more, but yeah. I think my impression is the doctor is settled in pretty well. She's having trouble with the TARDIS, yeah, right. But I think that's because the TARDIS has changed, not because she doesn't have her memories. Okay. Yeah, I kind of I, I kind of I agree with that. Where it's it's not, and maybe it's part of the fact that she does kind of play the I don't know mm-hmm. card a lot yeah. more than we're used to. Okay. Which but is that, a, a breath of fresh air. Yeah, yeah, but that that's that's you know, you go back again to classic who and you see that a lot where the doctor encounters something. It's like, I don't know anything about this. Let's figure it out. Right. Whereas uh, too often the doctor knows every single like in this episode, knew exactly who the Morex were or something like that. You know, just in the in the past it's been the doctor doesn't know and we you know doesn't know everything about everything in the universe. Also, by the way, note in this episode how we repeatedly hit the this is a very flat uh, organizational structure with her and the companions. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. That's true. Right. Uh, uh, that was that was a, a fun uh, little modern uh, lingo. Uh, Steph Lutz says, uh, I uh, after Kablam, I feel better about Amazon coming to Queens. <laughs> oh, yeah. They're <laughs> right there. Yeah. Yes, they have their uh, their their new second headquarters. Um, Kelly Brown writes, I was pleasantly surprised by Kerblam and the resolution of the plot. I was expecting a sermon against the evils of big business, but that's not what we mm-hmm. got. This was actually the first episode of this season of Doctor Who that I want to watch again. It felt mm-hmm. like Doctor Who, not just every other nondescript sci-fi series. I hope the show continues to improve. Well, we'll we'll get your impression of whether you you thought it continued to improve uh, with this week's episode. Yeah, this episode. Yeah. Um, Les Hammer asks an important practical question. How do they keep the bubble wrap from exploding at the factory? An important practical question that needs to be answered. Um, Eric Nanneman says, uh, so far, this is my favorite episode. However, the question I was asking myself is that didn't the doctor know that Charlie was down among the delivery bots when she set them to destroy themselves? Couldn't you have just yep. canceled the deliveries without having them pop the bubble wrap? It seems like there's a degree of culpability here. Her brisk warning Last warning, come back here. Seems to be in discord with her empathy for the already dying spider from three episodes ago. Yeah, I think I think that's a good point. She's in a what she's trying to do is not only keep the Kerblam robots from going out. So she has them teleport back to their exact locations. Mm -hmm. She then destroys the munitions so they can't be used in the future. And she needs to do both of those things, but she could have said, okay, wait, stop the destruction of the munitions. Let's haul Charlie out of there. Right. Yeah. And she didn't do that. Right. Uh, so that's uh, that was the feedback. Thank you, everyone, for that feedback. Uh, we'll give you all the ways you can give us the feedback in a moment. But uh, while we're talking about Kerblam, I want to encourage everyone that when you're doing your Christmas shopping to go to smile.kerblam.com 
I mean, I'm sorry. <laughs> please do your, when you do your Christmas shopping, please go to smile.amazon.com and uh, select SQPN as your uh, nonprofit or charity of choice. You can also make this simple by going to sqpn.com and clicking on either the smile.amazon.com uh, ad link, or there's another one for a, a, a browser extension so that whenever you go to Amazon, it automatically makes sure that you're doing so through the smile system. What that is, is Amazon has a way of designating a portion of all of your purchases to go toward a designated charity. It doesn't cost you anything extra. Um, it just means that we get a little bit from Amazon. They're, they're do-gooder thing. So if you could do that, that would, if I have to be honest, we, uh, a large portion, a sizable portion of our annual income at SQPN comes from the Amazon purchases that you make. And you all have been very good about this in the past. And I want to encourage you to continue to do so. And I appreciate Also, that. don't forget Giving Tuesday and our ongoing campaign. Please go to sqpn.com slash give. Now that we're at the end of the podcast, this would be a great time to do that while you're still thinking about it. Thank you very much. So that's it from us. So uh, let us know what you thought of the Witch Finders. You can do that by going to sqpn.com or to the Secrets of Doctor Who. Facebook page and leave feedback on the episode link there or send an email to Doctor Who at sqpn.com. You can find links to our personal social media and websites on our show notes on sqpn.com. And we'll be back next time when we'll be discussing the next episode. It takes you away. And apparently not Calgon. Until then, yeah. Father Corey Stika, thank you for joining me and sharing the secrets of Doctor Who. And thank you, Dom. And Jimmy Aiken, thank you as well. Thank you, Dom. And once again, I'm Don Bettinelli. Thank you for listening to The Secrets of Doctor Who on StarQuest. And remember, love thy neighbor. Right. This is going to be fun. This is Don Bettinelli again. We hope you've enjoyed this podcast and that you'll help us keep producing the podcast you love. Thank you for your generosity. To make your pledge and find out about the free thank you gifts we'd like to send you, visit sqpn.com give. That's sqpn.com give.